My name is Irini, and I'm a doctoral student in the College of Arts and Science in the Department of Geography and Planning. I'm researching the expansion of shrubs and grasslands, and to do that, I use satellite imagery. It sounds really interesting. Uh, hi from me. My name is uh, Lambros, and uh, I'm also a doctoral student in the College of uh, Agriculture and uh, Bioresources in the Agricultural Economics Department, researching on uh, wheat adoption. And by the way, I'm uh, Irini's husband. Today on the Intro to University Teaching podcast, we'll be talking about something called constructive alignment. We covered this specific topic in week five of our GPS 989 Introduction to University Teaching course. And there we learned about how students learn, how they plan for teaching, and how to design short lessons using the BOPS model. And that is B-O-P-P-P-S. And that stands for bridging, outcome, pre-assessment, participatory learning, post-assessment mm -hmm. and summary. So the purpose of this podcast is for us to share what we used to think and what we now think or what we do regarding teaching. So Lambrus, can you explain to us a bit more about what exactly constructive alignment is? Yeah, sure, I will try. So constructive alignment is uh, that concept through, through which teachers try to align three areas. Teachers start with asking themselves, what will students learn from the course, forming in this way the learning outcomes. After the learning outcomes, teachers ask the crucial question of, how do I know that students know? So assessment comes into play to help teachers check whether students know. Finally, Teaching should align to the other two already aligned areas of learning outcomes and assessment. And uh, here I think is the tricky, but at the same time, really interesting part. Teachers should build their teaching process in such a way that all of these areas are related to each other. Exactly. So constructive alignment is a process that starts with the outcomes, which are student focused, and then aligning those with teaching and assessment. So during the GPS 989 course, we learned that this principle was introduced by a person named John Biggs. Mm -hmm. He wrote a paper back in 1996 on how to enhance teaching in higher education and how to do that using constructive alignment. So I went and I looked up that paper and an interesting thing that I found in there was that Dix refers to another study that was done by Cohen in 1987. And that specific study found that teaching uh, results were up to four times greater when the outcomes and the assessment uh, when those two components, when they were aligned compared to non-aligned teaching. Yeah, it's, it's, it's amazing, yeah. Yeah, so I think we can definitely use Big's concept um, of the constructive alignment to self-assess and then reflect on the alignment of these three elements that we talked about. 
uh, especially when we're designing a new course on, or when we are rever revising one that has already been established. Um, I really believe that this can help us improve our teaching strategy. So, sure. um, Lambros, could you describe what exactly did we do in this course to get familiar with constructive alignment? Yeah, of course. So, our instructors, um, Aditya and Tristan, guided us in uh, developing short classes. Uh, after that, we had uh, a peer review and self-assessment. So um, the evaluation, uh, of course, focused on whether there was an alignment between outcomes, assessment, and teaching, the three areas that we were talking before. So in this activity, I think you have two brains, one as a teacher and one as a student. When you write uh, the learning outcomes, I think you mainly think as a teacher. The same uh, holds in the case of teaching. You build the lesson as a teacher. However, when the assessment comes, you also try to see yourself as a student, asking, having the objectives as well as the teaching process ready. If I was a student in that class, would I be confident that I really meet the learning outcomes? Irini, do, do you remember the video with uh, Professor Dancelot that uh, we watched uh, to learn more about constructive alignment? There, it simply didn't exist, right? Yes, I remember that video very clearly. It was a very funny one. We had to watch a video that showed us how Professor Dancelot was conducting his course. So he defined his outcomes in the first class, and that was about successfully executing a number of different dances. And then we saw him teach, and in the end, we saw his assessment approach. So we had to figure out what the issue was in this lesson plan. Um, so it was a very funny video where essentially the outcome with the assessment were aligned. So it was expected from students to perform several dancing styles, do that with confidence, and then they would be recorded uh, in a dance room while they execute those dances with their partners. Um, however, the teaching was not aligned at all. It actually included having all the students passively watch the slides. Yeah, passively. Yes, and so on those slides you could see all of the moves and the steps, but the teacher actually didn't allow the students to actively practice and participate. I remember there was an instance where one of the students um, just stood up to try and practice and the professor said, what are you doing? Just go and sit down, yeah, this, like, this is not allowed. He was angry. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when the students came to the assessment stage in the end, they did not really know how to start. They were so uncomfortable. Um, and so, yeah, they actually even had their notes in their hands, so they couldn't even grab their partner to dance. So that was definitely a great example of what to avoid. Um, Lambus, having said all that, do you remember what your first thought was about constructive alignment? and? Can you maybe reflect on what you think about it right now after the course? Uh, uh, this is a very good question. And uh, 
I think it's uh, a very nice chance to say that I'm really grateful of having these cars. Um, you know, at the very beginning of the course, I realized that I had a gap of the important concept of constructive alignment, specifically in, uh, in checking the students whether they know what you want them to know. After all this period of the course, I'm much more focused on what I should check, as well as what is the more appropriate technique for that. Engagement, engagement, engagement is, is the word that we should always have on mind. Um, it allows not only the teacher to check on students, but also create an atmosphere in the classroom of a group where teacher is not the person that talks and the students are not those who hear. Students should uh, talk, right? Should ask questions in a way that the lecture also relates to healthy dialogues. Irini, um, could you relate any concept from the course that these healthy dialogues could help you as a teacher with your reflections? Yeah, definitely. So first of all, I want to mention that it's very important for us as teachers to be able to create a really good atmosphere um, so that students feel comfortable enough that they can be talkative and actually start a dialogue. So during that point, if you've reached that point and, and students start talking, it's a really good opportunity to understand what their point of view is on certain things. Um, it might be that we are biased on something exactly. and we haven't really realized it. So listening to their viewpoint and they, their uh, way of thinking about things might open up um, more um, perspectives mm -hmm. and that can then also shape the course. So it's really up to us as teachers to create this safe and trusting environment among students so that we can start um, reflecting on our own content um, based on students' experiences. I totally agree. Yeah, I totally agree. And going back to constructive alignment, um, how about you? Uh, have you had any change in your perspectives? Yes. I, I definitely have seen a difference in what I was thinking about constructive alignment and how I think about it right now. So um, when I was, um, well, let's start with the outcomes. I used to believe that they should be very general, um, but now I know that they should actually be specific enough so that the students can know what they will do and what they then should demonstrate in the end so that they can pass their assessment successfully. So um, I also used to see that the outcomes, the teaching and the assessments are something that is a bit more separate and that they were not so interconnected. Um, I actually had the order a bit differently in my mind. I was thinking that it's the learning content that you need to define first. Okay. Um, and then after that, I, I was trying to define the assessment method based on what was taught. And then after that, I was ready to write the outcome based on those other two. So I had some type of alignment in my mind, but the steps and the way in which we were taught 
um, how to do this in this course in GPS 989, starting with the outcomes and then going to the assessment and then to the teaching makes a lot more sense to me right now. So Okay, at least you knew that an alignment should exist. <laughs> yes, at least that, that, that was something to start with. So yeah, I'm, even now, like I probably don't have the complete alignment the first time when I design something and when I'm thinking about the lesson plan. But then um, if I properly self-assess and reflect, I know that I can improve that and I can get it to a well-aligned lesson in the end. So, uh, yeah, regarding uh, what you mentioned about the learning outcomes, you know, I, I would like to add that after this course, I realized that it's not an easy process at all to write them in a correct way. In addition, I think that the participation of the students in writing the outcomes based on their needs is also really, really important sometimes. The outcomes are guiding their own learnings, right? Exactly. And that reminds me actually of um, uh, one of our, my professors and my masters. Um, we actually got an email from him about a month before the course started and he okay. was asking us, um, what is your prior experience with this specific topic and if there would be anything that we would like to explore more or learn about in more depth. So it so, was something like a pre-assessment, right? Yes, exactly. He, he was able to see what was our prior knowledge and what were yep. our expectations. And so then uh, he could um, shape the content of the course accordingly. That's, that's interesting. And I, I think that these um, this requires, let's say, strong, uh, how can I say that, um, strong abilities from the professor's side, right? In, in order to, to build the lesson one month before he exactly. starts. Yeah, you have to adapt. The, the content cannot be the same every yeah. year. It, it's something like the chameleon animal, right? Yes. <laughs> so, um, yeah, let's uh, let's go now to lesson planning and uh, the Bob's template. Um, to which areas of Bob's do you think that uh, constructive alignment connects to? I think from our conversation until now, it's it's been really clear that constructive alignment connects with multiple areas of um, the Bob's lesson planning approach. First of all, it connects with both the written and vocal explanation of the course's outcomes. So these outcomes need to clearly show what the students should know, what they should be able to do or value by the end of the course. And then of course, the outcomes should be smart outcomes as we learned. And this is actually an acronym and it stands for specific, measurable, attainable, relevant and time bound. And in addition, the constructive alignment also contributes to another area that's it's called post assessment, meaning that the outcomes should be definitely and clearly linked to how the students will demonstrate and mm -hmm. show evidence of what they learned. And 
we can actually make that connection a lot easier if we use the Bloom's verb taxonomy. Okay. And those verbs are active verbs. And when we're constructing the outcomes, it can be especially helpful to connect the specific actions that the students should be able to perform when they're assessed um, for their knowledge and also their specific level of understanding. Exactly. And uh, lastly, I would say constructive alignment clearly contributes to the participatory learning uh, area of BOPS, right? Mm-hmm. Um, what, what I emphasized before with uh, the word engagement, I remember when I delivered my uh, 10 minutes lesson in the participatory learning process, I used the um, uh, conical process which, by the way, I learned it from you. Uh, so uh, my outcome was students will be able to pronounce the first three Greek letters. Conacol uses clubs for every syllable and students are able to remember the pronunciation better. Um, I, I remember that I was feeling that students really liked it, except from the fact that they were engaged uh, uh, it is very important to use techniques that would encourage students to participate and remember the process, re- remember uh, what uh, they should know. So, Irini, um, now that we analyzed all these, do you think um, you are confident in applying constructive alignment? Um, is there an area you would like to explore next or any shortcomings you uh, acknowledge? So yeah, I, I definitely think I'm better at applying constructive alignment in my lesson planning. And I've seen improvement from my first lesson plan that I developed uh, in this specific course up until my last. Of course. Um, <laughs> actually, in my first lesson plan, my participatory learning activity actually did not reflect the outcome and the assessment. I was planning on having my students recognize the sound of the letter G in Dutch. The strange sound. Yes. Okay. <laughs> While in the participatory learning, I had them practice the pronunciation of the letter. So although I realized that these were not perfectly aligned, I still decided to go ahead with it. Um, and so that actually should not happen. Um, and in my next lesson plan, I try to correct for this. Uh-huh. Um, so something that I think I would like to pay attention to in the future is really critically looking at the self-assessment and reflecting uh, after I've designed a lesson plan. It's really important to have another look at your lesson plan with fresh eyes. and. That is perhaps even better if you don't do that the same day as the day that you developed your lesson plan. Um, And then if you look at it one of the other days, we should specifically look for the constructive alignment and then critically assess the situation and make revisions if necessary. Yeah, or or by using the two brains that we mentioned before, right? Yeah. The brain from... Teacher side, yeah, yeah, from both perspectives. Exactly. How how you feel about being student in this course? Mm-hmm. So, how about you? Which area would you like to explore further? Um, and is there any shortcoming you think you have? Mm, you know, 
one thing that uh, I did, and uh, hopefully I had the chance to correct it in my last 10-minute lesson, uh, was time. Uh, so, yeah, we were not together in, uh, in this lesson. Uh, so, um, I had uh, for my lesson 10 minutes, but uh, I finished maybe at 5 or 6 minutes. And then I was thinking, now what? Um, in other words, I, I was afraid of going back and change a little bit my learning outcome. Uh, but, but it doesn't hurt, right? <laughs> you, you tell the students that you have some minutes left and because they did a really good job, you will teach them something more. So in that lesson, my learning outcome was for them to be able at the end of the lesson to count until three in Greek language. Since I had time, why not to tell them, okay, now we will also count until five, right? Yes, that's, that's something I can really resonate with because that's something that happened with my lesson plan as well. The first one was very short, so I had a lot of time left. Um, and so one thing I did then in my subsequent lesson planning was to add in things that were optional. Okay. Um, if I had completed yeah. um, the essentials, you know, the, the need to know, mm -hmm, and then... Mm -hmm. I also had some additional things in case I have extra time. So I think that's really good to be flexible um, in, in the planning and have some extra things in there. And then definitely those extra things should be participatory again. So um, not really you talking, but mostly what are the students doing. So um, now that we're almost at the end of our conversation, do you have any final thoughts or comments? Uh, you know, uh, I think that both of us will uh, try by using constructive alignment not to have <laughs> lost students. Um, in my years of education in general, I could say that uh, I have good professors, but there were some that I was feeling you know, something is wrong here. And uh, this was related to the lack of constructive alignment, I think. So you know how it feels being lost and uh, you try, you will try your best not for the students to feel the same, especially when you are in front of them. So do you have uh, anything else that you would like to add here? Yeah, I, I think definitely what you're saying, uh, looking back at your own student years and thinking about um, how it felt like for you and how you may improve things um, by reflecting on your own experience is, is a really great thing. Mm -hmm. And I guess what I would like to add now in the end is that constructive alignment is really one of those core elements that we should consider when we're designing a lesson plan. Yes, and yeah. while we're doing that, we should have some self-reflective questions in mind, like what do I want the students to learn? Mm -hmm. How do I know that they have learned this? And this is a very important yes. one. <laughs> and then what did they do to master this? And what did I do? So how much are they actually doing versus me just speaking? Exactly. Um, yeah. 
having the participation in yeah. mind again. So these are really key questions that we should have on our minds always. Um, so yeah, having said that, Lambros, can you maybe quickly summarize what are the key takeaways of today's conversation? Yeah, so um, let's focus first on uh, the constructive alignment that is uh, tying together the learning outcomes, the assessment and teaching process. Mm -hmm. um, another thing that uh, I would like to pay attention to is <laughs> what we said before, engagement, engagement, engagement with students. And, um, you know, going back uh, and uh, thinking what you didn't like as a student in order to correct it as a teacher, uh, which by the way is a very nice reflection, helps a lot. You as a teacher and more importantly, students to go further. Definitely. Thank you so much for that beautiful summary. So thank you everyone for listening to our conversation. Definitely check out the other Intro to University teaching episodes from our colleagues at the link below. So, goodbye from both of us. <laughs>